Hi, my name is Dawn Long. I started this podcast to share not only my story, but to share others' untold stories, to share the truth and journey of healing, so I can show you that it is safe to do the same. We are transforming and healing together. This show is about the heart-centered transformation for you, for me, and the world. This is the Your Transformation Journey show, and this is our journey together. Let's begin. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Your Transformation Journey podcast. And today we have money in the house is what I'm going to call it because we all need to learn about money. And this person that's going to teach us a little bit about that is David Chuddock. And he is a certified financial planner with Parallel Financial. He helps clients to make the right financial decisions for the reasons that are important for them. So welcome, David, to the show. Hey, how are you? I am excited to be here. It's been a it's been a fun day for me. And I just I know that money uh, is just such an important part of our lives and how we handle money either creates problems or or eliminates problems. So um, I'm just on a on a mission to help people to handle their money properly. Yeah. So what really got you started in doing that? Because I know there's not many people that are going like when they grow up that they want to go into finances. So what got you started? Yeah, so that is, that's actually an interesting question. Um, I didn't grow up with money. Now, I didn't realize it at the time, but, um, you know, every once in a while, kind of lack of money or we can't afford that or those kind of things kind of came up in conversation. And you kind of think that, that um, you know that that applies to everybody. Everybody's family says, "Well, we can't afford that, or we don't have this." And and not that material things are that important. I mean, my my parents loved us. We had a great loving family. But um, as I got a little bit older, I saw that money was a little bit of a limiting factor, and it was maybe a cause of stress on our family. And if you think about you know how much how much money stress have you had in your life, right? I mean, we all have times where yeah. where we have some money stress. So when I was driving to college every day, I didn't live on campus. I had a 20 or 30 minute drive. I would listen to uh, Bob Branker's Money Talk. And this was just a guy who was telling which stocks and bonds to buy. And and, um, I thought, wow, this is really interesting that uh, we can all start to build wealth and we can handle money in a way that, that helps us just to live better lives. So Long story, I worked a lot during college and I worked two jobs and and, and had to kind of earn my own way and um, took a couple different paths out of, um, you know, w- when I was finished with college. And but I always, you know, had this entrepreneurial drive to where I wanted to control my income. Uh, to a certain extent. And I wanted not to be rich for the sake of being rich, but I wanted to not have to live a life of, 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 of lacking. So um, back in, wow, I guess it was 2002, I, I, uh, I took a job as kind of a, an entry-level financial services rep uh, for a small insurance agency and got some of my licenses. And that's where, that's where the, um, that's where the journey started, and then I, I was able to to purchase an office a few years later, and 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 got my CFP, and 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 
and made some some changes within my my business but um but yeah i've always just been fascinated by money and how some people are constantly in money problems and other people aren't and it and it's not necessarily related to income at all so yeah yeah and um I'm trying to remember her name. I think it's Susan Orman. Correct mm -hmm. me if Susan I'm wrong. Mm -hmm. That um, she had done like a little special at one point in time. And she was going through people that were having some of those money issues. And she was going like, okay. And these were families that you would consider probably at the 100000 plus range. As sure. far as what they were bringing in as far as income. And you would think that they would be comfortable because of, there's a lot of studies out there mm -hmm. that say, you know, once you hit that certain level at a hundred thousand plus, you live more comfortably. You got a little bit more disposable income mm -hmm. and come to find out it was a spending problem and Absolutely. they were both, it wasn't just the wife. It was both her and him. And what she had them to do was sit down and actually write out exactly what they were spending their money on. And that is eye opening. So in the financial sector, would you recommend that your clients do that? The first step to, to curing anything is to get a diagnosis. So you have to know where your money is going and then you have to know kind of how to tell it where to go after that. Um, to give you a little uh, a little background, um, I've been working with a financial literacy class here here locally and um, through a nonprofit. And the first thing that we did was we just tracked where every penny was being spent. OK, so, you know, you go to a convenience store, you buy a, a, a Coke that's $1.50 or or you buy, you know, $300 worth of something. So one of the girls in the class um during our private coaching session, she said, pretty much, you're going to kill me and you're probably going to slap me. But I've, the last two weeks, I've spent $80 each week at Starbucks. Okay. Now she's not making $150,000. So, you know, there are people who can't afford that, whether they should or shouldn't is, 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 is a different uh, question, but um, she couldn't. So if you yeah. think about we gave her or by making some choices and changes, she gave herself a $320 per month raise, which is just, I mean, that's life changing. So what we find is most of us have, um, you know, most of us have, have, have some discretionary income more than we think. Now, yeah. should we all make ourselves as valuable as we can to the world? Of course we could, because we're all paid based on how easy it is to replace us. So you are a nice person, but if I needed brain surgery, I'm probably not calling you. I'm calling the brain surgeon who has, you know, whatever, 15, 20 years of experience and all that skill. And that brain surgeon is not going to charge me just a little bit. Brain surgeon is going to charge a lot because it's a very important skill. So one of our jobs is to make ourselves more valuable. Whether that means if you work at McDonald's, you just do a better job so that when a, when a, um, 
when a promotion comes up, you're the one that gets the promotion, or it may mean going back to school to get a um, to get a, a new degree, so you're qualified to do something different, or it may mean you know staying until I'm in I'm in a different time zone than you, staying at the office till seven to do a podcast interview, so that I can get my brand out and everything else. So you know we all have to be valuable to the world, and uh, and that increases our income, and then increasing income definitely gives us more financial margin as far as what we can spend. Yeah. And that's important. You hit the nail right on the head because I realized that I was spending quite a bit eating out for breakfast mm -hmm. and for lunch. Yep. And I'm going like, yeah, I can curb tell that back because once you realize those things and I think for what you're really saying is having the self-awareness of what you're spending, how much you're spending, where is it going? Right. Because you're right. I currently only make 38,000 a year. That's it. I'm doing this podcasting right now. It's free right now. I'm sure. not monetized yep. at all with it. And so I've been trying to figure out, okay, what are some of the services that I can use that are either free or low cost. So that way I can get my word out there. And so on that note, when you're helping people and it's specifically, if you're helping young entrepreneurs that are wanting to start out there, what are some of the tips that you have for them? Like literally shoestringing it. Yeah. So entrepreneurs, when you're starting off, you have to you have to do you have to make a commitment to do what it's going to take to have the business succeed and sometimes that means living in a, a small house or sometimes that means you just don't go out to eat at all ever and you have a microwave in your office and uh, and you do that sometimes it means like it has for me at times unfortunately uh, you know years and years ago it means you work for two or three months and take zero money out of the so not only are you working more you're literally not getting any money and that's yeah. part of the entrepreneurial journey but if you are selling and building a product whatever your product is eventually if there's a market for it and it's valuable then you know the world will re reward you it just almost never happens as quickly as we want it to happen is, is, is definitely for sure no and what i've come to realize and i don't know how many people have really paid attention but for the people I follow and for their successes, because you, and I know you hear it and see it is, oh, you can make $10,000 a month in less than 90 days. And I'm of course, like, yeah. people, why don't you tell them the real, the real reality of that? You're not doing that in 90 days. The back end of it is you probably struggle for a good four or five years. That's what I've noticed before people really start bringing in that kind of money because you are building up those relationships. You are building that product. You are building that brand. You're not hitting those $10,000 a month right off the gate. That's very no. few and far in between. That's a unicorn. Absolutely. Yeah, there's no question. The other thing for entrepreneurs and even honestly, anybody to think about is what's called opportunity cost. So yeah. if I said, hey, here's $10. Well, you can either either have the $10 or what the $10 can buy for you. You can't have both. So if you get a drive through lunch 
for $10, which you'd probably have to add another dollar or two maybe. Number one, you're probably eating something that's not incredibly healthy. But number two, you no longer have that asset. Now, if you hypothetically put that $10 into some sort of an investment account that got, let's just say 10% over time, which is, you know, that's very reasonable. The rule of 72 says that it, if you divide your interest rate into 72, that's how many years it takes to double. So in 7.2 years, that $10 is now $20. But instead of doing that two or three times a week or a month, if you're you know kind of redirecting that money into into some sort of a savings vehicle, then that's when your 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 actions compound in your benefit. See, everything we do kind of compounds for us or against us. So, you know, the, 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 the bad eating, the, 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 the fast food, things like that, no, they, they, number one, they don't help your, 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 your finances, but they don't help your health either. And then you get lethargic because maybe you gain a few pounds. So then you exercise less. So then you gain more pounds and then you feel bad about yourself. So then you go out to eat more and it kind of just kind of, um, uh, compounds and, and the, but the opposite can happen as well. If you say, you know, I'm going to, limit myself to once or twice or whatever is appropriate for you and your income. And then you start seeing your accounts grow and then you're like, wow, look at this. I have money. And then I don't want to spend that money. So I'm going to keep putting money towards it. Cause you play these little mental games with yourself and see it, see accounts, accounts grow. So. Yeah. And when we're working on growing accounts, this is something that I really wish growing up that I had that money awareness. And I really didn't start getting that money. And I, you know, and I know I'm not the only one, but I really didn't start getting money awareness until just literally just recently. And it's as shocking as that is to say, I know I'm not the only one in this world. So for those of us that are in our forties and hitting our fifties, what are your suggestions to get on to that point to where, when they get ready to retire, they may not have nearly as much of a budget, but they're going to have something. Right. So the first thing to do is you have to start. You have to start something. And that either means start paying off debt or it means start, um, you know, putting if it's five dollars, if it's ten dollars, if it's ten thousand, whatever you can afford, you have to take some action now to get to get started. Um, oftentimes the people in their 40s and 50s. Uh, they'll they'll do some calculations. I mean, you could Google retirement calculator, or you could work with a financial advisor. And you know, I'm just making up numbers. But in order for you, um, you know, at age 65 to retire and have forty thousand dollars a year to spend, um, you know, you might need like one point nine million dollars. It'll, it's a big number. So a lot of people say, you know what, screw it. I can't get to that 1.9 million. It's too, it's too late. So I'm just not going to do anything. And, and you just kind of, you don't do anything. And that's not the answer. So yes, we all should have been doing, most of us, me included for sure, should have been doing more much earlier, but um, we can't go back in time. So we have to start now. And sometimes small changes just tend to bring on bigger changes later on. And then our actions change slightly. Uh, Maybe if we're doing a little bit more, if we're being more diligent with our money, sometimes we're more diligent with our jobs, whether we own a business or work somewhere. And then maybe now that you're more a diligent person, you get a little bit of a bigger raise 
or there's a promotion available and and you're living purposefully and you know that hey i'm behind in, in what i need to save so i need to make myself the only option for that for that uh for that promotion and then you tend to do those things and put yourself in a better position so living purposefully and with intent is very very important and many people do not live with purpose with regard to their money. It just goes. I don't know where yeah. it goes. It just goes. Yeah, you know? exactly. And I think a lot of it has to do with the, what I call the consumerism mm -hmm. of our time, because, you know, growing up, you're right. I had some of the same things where my parents said, you know, maybe we can't afford this. And they, they did it during a time when interest rates for mortgage was double digits. Yep. Mm -hmm. They did it during a time when we were getting, um, it used to be government cheese, peanut butter, that stuff. I didn't realize that meant we were poor growing up. I'm not like, it was for me, it's food and it was good. But they still managed mm -hmm. to save money to build a home in the 80s. Yeah. How in the world they did it, I have no clue because. There for a while, he was the only one working. He was working at a plant nursery, growing trees and whatnot. So the pay wasn't the greatest, right. but they still managed it with three kids. So I'm going like, if they can manage that with three kids on the income that they had at the interest rates, that was insanely high at that time, then the rest of us can. Well, and to give you an example, um, if you had a $40,000 car, and I don't know if you've bought a car recently, but $40,000 really for a new car is not really that nice of a car, which is crazy. Uh, yeah. Um, and if you put um, just $1,000 down, you have a car payment of $660 per month. And let's say, you know, both spouses have something similar. So now you're pushing $1,200, $1,300 a month on a depreciating asset. Now, I like cars, but... Um, I bet you your parents didn't have brand new cars and they didn't have the $40,000 equivalent of, of cars back then. And, um, and that's how you make it. You have to spend what, what, one of the things that most people don't do is they don't say, what is my financial reality? Not yeah. what's Don's, not what's John's, not what Jim's, what is my financial reality? What can I afford? And that's what I need to spend. And unfortunately, especially with kids is the only thing kids know about money as far as realistic numbers is like what LeBron James salary is or what, you know, the, the, the new draft pick made, you know, they got a $12 million signing bonus and, and they, you know, they're, they're making $8 million a year. Well, guess what? You and I, we're not going to make that in our lives. That's just, and, and you could, you don't need $8 million a year, but you know, kids think that, you know, the millions and millions are like realistic numbers that actual real human beings make and that's not it's not kind of where it goes so you know if you can't afford a $600 a month car payment then you just have to acknowledge I can't afford that so I'm gonna do what I can't afford and then yeah. maybe one day you can't afford it or maybe one day you'll have the cash to buy it um, buy it for cash yeah exactly and I think that's one of the things that used to irritate me about mortgage companies they are we set a goal early on in our marriage that we would never mortgage a house more than double our income, our yearly income. And a lot of people are like, oh, you're nuts. But it kept our payments that yep. were affordable. 
Yep. And if one of us lost our jobs, then mm -hmm. it it was still a strain, but it wasn't nearly as catastrophic as it would have been for somebody else if they would have followed the advice that they were given. Oh, you can you can afford two thousand dollars a month. No, you realistically can't. Yep. Yeah. And yeah. that's what used to drive me crazy because I'm going like, you know what your finances are. You know what you can realistically afford. Don't go after the shiny things just because they can tell you can afford it. You know, based on mortgage formulas, we could probably afford a house that's two or three times more what we have. And it would yeah. you know, be a really nice house. But ultimately, one thing happens, you know, as far as business revenue or, or layoffs and things like that. Now, all of a sudden, you're really kind of screwed. So yeah. we have some financial margin in 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 our um you know in our household in that part and that just feels good because guess what COVID happens you know things yeah. happen laws change you know sometimes people steal from you I mean just things happen to where you don't always have the the same amount of money coming in that you thought was going to come in and sometimes you have more and in that case great you know so you live in a house that you know costs this much when you could have afforded this one but you still have some money left over for experiences and for people and for development and everything else yeah so i'm glad we brought that up because that that's one of those things that i have always found to be a challenge in getting people to really understand and at that point i really wasn't money wise but it was it was more of a common sense thing for me because I worked in retail, my husband worked in um, factories. So, you know, we did what worked for us and what we knew could be comfortable, especially with him being in manufacturing. I mean, NAFTA hit in the 90s and yep. that decimated a lot of states and it decimated one of the states that we were in. And that was when we learned the hard way by living within your means, being really honest with yourself mm -hmm. about what you can really afford. That's absolutely true. If you think about all of the financial stress that you've ever had, and then if we're all honest, what percentage of that is either self-caused or not self-prevented? A lot of it is, you know, now granted, you know, things like NAFTA do happen that you don't have any control over. Maybe a lot of manufacturing jobs are eliminated, but people like you did not have incredibly expensive homes. So they probably yeah. survived NAFTA better somebody else that may have you know worked right next to your husband gets laid off and they had a home that you know nicer house but it cost three times more than yours well now they're in big trouble so they didn't cause the nafta but they did cause the not having enough financial margin like like you have so yeah. my goal for me and for clients is to help us all to have as few of our financial problems as possible being either caused by us or not prevented by us Again, there's going to be loss signs that end up with job losses. That's just the way it is. But you can't prevent that. But you can, you can, to some extent, have some control over if you have a little bit of an emergency fund or if yeah. you have payments on things that are, are reasonable. And that's, um, that's kind of our, all of our jobs. Yeah. So, And then if you look at time does not slow down. So we're all getting older and we're all getting old fast. And I hate it because my definition of old used to be like 30. Now I look at 30 year olds <laughs> as kids. So, you know, the power of compounding interest, the power of, um, of, of growth means that we all just need to start now. And I have um, kind of the basics of finances that I kind of came up with a couple years ago. So B is budget. We all have to know where our money's going and, and just, we have to, we just have to know. 
And we also sometimes have to make make some changes. So like we talked about the girl with the $80 a week in Starbucks. She made some changes. Her life is better for it. She doesn't get to drink overpriced coffee, but she has less stress. And then we think of A, so, so we have B for budget, A for allocation. So where should your money be? Okay, yeah. so we should all have some cash. Um, you know, two to six months of cash. We all should have some type of market investments, um, you know, long-term, middle-term, um, you know, maybe real estate. So there are different places we can put our money, but we have to kind of consciously have our money allocated in a way that makes sense for us. Um, and then S for basics is system. So financial system. So you had a financial system that said, we don't, we don't have a mortgage that's more than double our, our, our combined income. That's a great mm-hmm. financial system. Another financial system might be you and your husband say, you know what, we'll never spend more than $100 or $300 or whatever without talking to each other. Yeah. Or we're going to have a, a meeting every week to see how much money or how little money we actually have. But those are the systems we're going to get. Um, you know, we're going to sign up for that 401k and have that money come out of our check automatically. And then over time, that's going to multiply. So then the I for basics is insurance, right? So insurance is just money at a triggering event. So if you run me over with your car, my family's suing you and either Mm -hmm. you're paying us um, for, you know, for my medical bills and for my lost wages, or your insurance company is going to pay it for if for as much insurance as you have. So it's very important yeah. to have the right amount of insurance and to kind of know 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 what your insurance situation is. Now you don't have to carry every type of insurance, but we should all carry the insurance by knowledge, not by ignorance. And then yeah. C is caring. So how do you use your money? How do we use our money to care for the world? Because when it comes down to it, you know, there's going to be a day, you know, where you and I are on our proverbial deathbed. And, you know, we certainly don't want to say, well, I have $30 million. And, you know, I never helped those poor people or, you know, most of us would probably say, you know what, I probably could have helped that that person or, or I could have helped a few more people. So, so how do we use our money to care for the world and make the world a better place? And I feel like, you know, with those basics, that applies to everybody at every income level. And if you kind of get those things under control, um, over time, you're going to be looking pretty good. Yeah, I love that. I love I love how you use the acronym. So that's that's a really good way of teaching people how to look at things. And we say it all the time. And I know I, we say it all the time in retail because it's getting ready to be said after the holidays is bring things back to the basics. And that's what really life is about. Do the basic things and then you can do the extra. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people you know, they want to jump into, well, I want to flip houses. That's kind of the big thing because you watch HGTV and you can make a hundred thousand dollars a week flipping houses and it only takes 30 minutes. Right. But, um, you know, you got to have your budget under control. You have to have the money in the right spots. You have to, um, have financial systems, get the right, have the right insurance. I mean, if the breadwinner for the house, you know, gets hit by a truck or gets COVID or something like that, not only do you lose the breadwinner, you lose their paycheck and losing the breadwinner is worse, but the bills don't stop. So the right type of insurances are important. And then, like I said, caring, I mean, money is a tool. And I think we all have, um, you know, we've all probably been in a situation where we know we're just supposed to help that person or that organization Um, and and how much you should give away and how much I should, I mean, that's all personal. And, but um, you know, I believe that we just, we should all be generous to the extent that we can with our, um, with our money. Definitely. And I agree with that. I let, there's nothing more, more make you feel good, the warm fuzzies than giving when you can and helping somebody else out. Yeah. So yeah. 
as we get ready to wrap this up, I always ask my guests, what is one last good nugget you can give them? Okay, so this might be a little bit biased, but I feel like all of us, when we're left to our own devices, we tend not to make the best decisions or we tend not to be disciplined, which is why if you want to lose some weight, hiring a personal trainer is a good idea, not because inherently we don't know that we probably should eat a little bit less and we don't know that we should probably exercise, but when that trainer's waiting for you, you have to show up and then you're going to do the work. So just knowing that you need to exercise or knowing that you need to eliminate certain foods is not the same thing as actually doing it. So either work with a, a trusted family member or a friend or work with a financial advisor that can help you to actually take the actions that are needed. Because knowing that you need to cut the Starbucks out or knowing that you need to start saving, we're all busy. I mean, I have kids, I have a long drive home. So it's hard to get these things started. And one of the things that my job is, like as an example, um, I don't do wills, but if you're a client, I will absolutely make sure that we call an attorney and we get you an appointment to get your will done because who wants to do a will? You have to think about dying and yep. you're going to have to pay a little bit of money, but that has to be done. And a lot of times without getting nudged, it doesn't get done yeah. until you're dead and, and then it's yeah. too late. So, so accountability is very important. So put yourself in a position where there is some accountability either with friends or family or with a professional. Yeah. I like that. That's a good tip because you're right. Unless you have somebody that is, you know, following up with you and saying, Hey, where are you at on this? You're less likely to go through with it. So I love that. Mm -hmm. So thank you, David, for coming on. And I know I have your podcast scrolling down. It is weeklywealthpodcast.com. I'm assuming you release weekly. We release episodes weekly. Um, most of our episodes talk about some money topic, but our newest one that's coming out is actually going to talk about health. We talk with a personal trainer about um, just some simple things we can do health-wise. We talk about leadership and just, again, the purpose of that podcast is to help us all to live better lives through mostly how we handle our money because money, money's nothing. Money's it's not even going to be paper for much longer. It's going to be cryptocurrency and Venmo and debits and credits and everything else. So all, but, but what money provides if handled correctly is options. That's all it is. So the more yeah. options we give ourselves, um, the less, and you could make $500,000 a year. Um, you know, a lot of physicians, they make a lot of money, but they're like a prisoner. They're on call. They, you know, so, so there's, there's not necessarily that much freedom. So, you know, money, money provides freedom if, if, if you can, if you can use it properly. Yeah, definitely. And that's what we're all seeking. I think at the end of the day is the proverbial time, money, freedom. Absolutely. And so I definitely love that. So everyone, as I love to sign off, I just want to remind everybody, if you did not attend the free coaching session Sunday, I will have another one this coming Sunday at 2 p.m. Central. If you want the Zoom link, hit me up in the chats. I will give you the Zoom link. And it is finding strength when your ground is shaking. I want you to join us because we're having some really good breakthroughs with our clients. And I want to make sure that you don't get left behind. So everyone, whether you know it or not, whether you believe it or not, you're unstoppable. 
you're loved and you're the beacon of hope. Everyone have a good evening. David, thank you for coming on. Oh, thank you for having me. This was fun. Definitely. All right, everyone. Bye. Thank you for taking the time out of your day to listen to our podcast. To support the podcast, join our Patreon account through Podme at Your Transformation Journey. Or if you liked this episode, send us a review through iTunes and follow us on Podbean. You can also find me on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. And also at my website at www.donlongcoach.com. Remember, you are unstoppable and you are loved.